And so let's go to James chapter 3, if you could. Can you mute the pulpit mic? Thank you. James chapter 3. And this morning I want to look at the topic of four tongues, uh, four different uses of our tongue and the things that we can um, uh, need to be aware of with, uh, with our tongues and what the Bible says about it as well. So we're going to look at James chapter 3, and then we're going to go to Proverbs. We'll spend most of our time in Proverbs today. But James chapter 3 is such a good passage on uh, the tongue and words, speech, things like that. And so James chapter 3, starting in verse number 1, it says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If a man, or if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison." Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. What an intriguing passage of Scripture, is it not? Talking about the horse is controlled by its mouth. You put a bit in the horse's mouth, then you can control a horse. A very powerful creature. A boat that is massive on the sea is controlled by a very, very small piece of equipment. A tiny fire can cause great disaster. And the Bible says our tongue is the same. It says every creature on this earth is tamed, but the tongue is not. You know what I find interesting is no other creature other than humans can speak. And they're all tamed. It's an interesting fact. But it says that no man can tame the tongue, and it's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. And it says we uh, bless God and we curse men with it. Men who are made in the similitude of God, in the likeness of God. We curse them, but we bless God. And the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing, and he says it's not supposed to be that way. How do we talk to people? How, how do we verbalize uh, our thoughts to people. How do we hold our tongue? How do we uh, not <laughs> hold our tongue? Are we in control of the things that we say? God tells us the tongue in our words can be like deadly poison. The old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Everyone knows that's not true. Words cut deep. And as Christians, we ought to have our words under control. The reality is, is we can't do it. 
but with God's power, our tongues can do right. With God's help and with God's power and by God's grace, our tongues, our words can be what God wants them to be. So this morning I want us to look at four types of tongues and, uh, and ask the Lord to help us to do better with the things that we say. Lord, help us as we look into these verses today. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be aware of what our speech is doing. And Lord, I know that uh, the tongue is, is dangerous, but it can also produce such help. And so God, I pray that you would uh, help us to understand our need to give our speech over to you. So Lord, that you can use it and control it uh, properly. So help us to see these truths today. Help me to present them clearly and correctly, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here four different kinds of tongues this morning. They all start with a C. Uh, and uh, I'm not great at alliteration, but I think, we, I think we've accomplished it today. Number one, I want us to see the controlled tongue. The controlled tongue. Uh, let's go to Proverbs. Uh, we're going to flip through a ton of different passages in Proverbs, but we're going to stay in Proverbs the rest of the way. Proverbs chapter 10 uh, is where we'll start at here. Proverbs chapter 10. Uh, and Proverbs is a great book, obviously, on wisdom and uh, uh, much, much other things, but it talks a lot about the tongue uh, in Proverbs. So uh, let me get there. There we go. Proverbs chapter 10. We're looking at the controlled tongue. Think before you speak. You ever been told that before? Think before you speak. I was in a meeting recently at work, and we have a new guy. And, uh, and the new guy said, uh, I have an idea that you should consider to the boss. And the boss says, whoa, 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 whoa. He says, are you sure you want to say this? Uh, are you sure you want to tell me how to run my business? And uh, the idea behind this was maybe you should think before you say this. Now, he, he continued to speak. But, but nonetheless, uh, the, the, the advice that has been given, handed down from grandmother to mother to to, to, to so on and so forth. Think before you speak. Proverbs 10, verse number 19. The Bible says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. In a multitude of words there wanteth, or, or means there, uh, there, there's, there's uh, not a lacking of sin. Uh, but the person who holds their tongue, refrains his lips, uh, it says there that he is wise. Talk less is maybe advice you've been given. As a kid, I was a very talkative person. And, uh, and in that came across as, you know, a know-it-all, someone who thinks they know everything. And, uh, and, and I was told many times, Vince, stop talking. Um, I feel like I've gotten better with that as I've aged. Uh, but uh, uh, that, that, that mindset of, hey, you're not even thinking about what you're saying, you're just talking, you're just letting it all pour out, like just settle down a little bit. Uh, the idea of a controlled tongue is someone who can have a little bit of self-control, uh, not just letting things get out, um, being able to control the gates of your mouth, Proverbs 13, verse number 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Hey, that's a scary thing. He that keepeth his mouth 
keepeth his life, he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Remember, James tells us that the tongue is a little member that boasteth great things. To be able to control what is said uh, can control a lot of damage. Because what we say can do a lot of damage for ourselves, against ourselves, and to other people as well. And the Bible here telling us that if we will hold our tongue, it'll, it'll produce life. And if we cannot hold our tongue, it will produce destruction. Do you know people who've talked themselves into destruction? I'm sure you do. And it seems like every time they speak, you're just going, oh, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. They're digging a deeper hole. The same is true with other people, right? When we speak, sometimes we can just tear down people and we just destroy them. But the person who will hold their lips, hold their mouth, hold their words, boy, that person, it, it, it produces life. Uh, we can look in the recent years of uh, political, the political realm and you can think, man, if they would just stop talking we would think they're smart. <laughs> if they just wouldn't speak, if they would just stop, man, we'd have a lot more respect for them. But every time they talk, it just digs a deeper hole. Uh, Proverbs 15, verse number 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but, a per but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Uh, Proverbs 15, verse 28 the Bible says, The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil uh, things. Proverbs 16, verse 23, the Bible says, The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. It's controlling what we're saying. To understand uh, what we're saying useful, is it profitable, we have to have some control over our words. Proverbs 21, verse 23 Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. That word keepeth is the same word that talks about keeping your heart, guarding, protecting, not allowing wrong things in, not allowing wrong things out. Keepeth the mouth and tongue that keep their soul from trouble. Social media has added to this, has it? It's, it's not verbalizing, but we're typing it out. And man, you just think, man, had you not posted that, <laughs> I wouldn't be going through all this right now. I wouldn't have all this backlash. Uh, if I had not said that, man, I wouldn't be going through this trouble. I remember as a kid uh, saying, saying something to my mother that probably shouldn't be said to any human being, but especially to your mom, and saying it, and I saw the look in my mom's eye, and I thought, okay, no, that probably wasn't the best thing to say. Um, I'm not going to tell you what I said, but I got it off of WWE wrestling. Uh, so, so there you go. Uh, not a good thing to say to mom. And, uh, and I, <laughs> it just causes problems. Uh, man, how many times do our words dig a hole for us? It's funny, I sit in meetings at work at least weekly, and, and I hear things sometimes, and I think, man, if I could just say what I'm thinking. It'd make me feel good, but I wouldn't have a job anymore. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, the Lord has helped me to keep my tongue uh, in those situations. We have to have some control. Psalm 39.1 says, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. 
I will keep my mouth with a bridle. That same idea of guarding, protecting, keeping it. Holding it tight, controlling what is being said. Now that, that picture that the Bible gives us of a bridle and a horse plays very large in my life. For many years in working with horses, we used bits. Uh, uh, I, there were two, two types that we used of bridles. There was a bit and a hack is what we called a hackmore. Uh, the bit went into the mouth. The hack was on the side and would pinch the cheeks. Uh, but the bit would literally go in that. And so all the horses that we let the kids ride all had the bits in their mouths. And, uh, and so it would put pressure on their tongues and things like that as you pull to slow them down to stop them. They would know, hey, i got to stop to release that pressure. So then everything's good again. And, uh, and the control that you could put, I mean, these horses weigh a lot. If they wanted to just run off with the kid, they could, and occasionally would, not very often. Um, uh, but typically it was the kid's fault. But anyways, uh, they, they, when you put that bit into their mouth, now you had control over them. And when you think about it, the amount of control you can, you can uh, hold over a massive animal that if he wanted to sit on you, that would be the end. But just by having something in his mouth, he controlled everything that he did. And the Bible says our words should be controlled like that, like we have a bit. And we should be able to, to understand that we need to think before we speak, control what's coming out of our mouths. But not just controlling what comes out of the mouth, but also knowing when to keep quiet, right? Part of having a controlled tongue is knowing when not to talk. Uh, Proverbs goes through this in, in several passages, but Proverbs 11 in uh, verse number 12 and 13, the Bible says, uh, he that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but, he, uh, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Uh, knowing when to be quiet. Uh, a lot of times retaliation uh, is, is the problem of why we don't stay quiet. We feel like we've got uh, to stand up for ourselves or we've got to get back at somebody for something they said. Uh, Proverbs twelve sixteen, the Bible says, A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. Uh, a fool's wrath is presently known because they tell everyone. They're getting out there. They're, 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 they're spouting out words. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turneth away wrath. The goal should be to, to, to subsidize the issue versus uh, to, to make it larger. Proverbs 17, uh, verse 27 and 28. He that hath knowledge spareth his words. And a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. I've taken this verse, verse 29, or 28, excuse me, into my life um, to make people think that I'm funnier than I am. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. I learned early on, if you don't have a good comeback, you just smile and say, oh, I'm not going to say it. It's not very nice. And they're saying, oh, come on, what were you going to say? Oh, no, 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 I shouldn't say it, I shouldn't say it. I have nothing going on in my mind. I have no clue what to say. Um, but they think I was going to sting them pretty bad. And, uh, and I carried that over to my marriage, and it's been just masterful. But he that hath knowledge, he spareth his words. A fool, when he, when he doesn't speak, is counted wise. I go back to politicians. Man, if a politician would say less, we'd think they're a lot smarter than they are. If a guy at work would say less, we'd think they're a lot smarter than they are. Right? If a husband would say less, we'd think he's a lot smarter than he is. 
The Bible tells us. The Bible. This is God speaking. He says, when a fool keeps his mouth shut, people think think he's smart. Yeah, we always think, I got to say what I got to say. It's got to get out there. No, I got to be heard. My opinion matters. You got to have a controlled tongue. You got to know, you got to think before you speak, and you've got to know when to be quiet. Number two, we need to have a caring tongue. A caring tongue. We need to speak truthfully while seeking to encourage others. A caring tongue. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. A caring tongue. Someone who is willing to speak something that's going to encourage, edify, build up someone else. That it... Uh, ministers grace to the hearers. How quick are we to, to, to tear someone down? I grew up in a sarcastic house, so I use that as my excuse many times, but the reality is, is there's, there's a time and a place for sarcasm, but uh, and probably not as much as I use it. And the Bible says that, that we should be speaking in a way that builds people up, not tears people down. And again, social media has built onto this problem in our world where, where, where everyone is trying to tear someone else down instead of building someone else. As a Christian, we ought to minister grace to the hearer that when they hear us speak, they see God's grace in our life as opposed to ripping them down. Proverbs 10, uh, 32, talking about what is acceptable. You've got to know what's acceptable to say. Proverbs 10, verse 32, The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. Uh, we have to speak in a way that is caring, that is loving. Uh, Proverbs 12, 28, or excuse me, 12, 18 uh, says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Which one are you? Are your words like a sword that pierces people? Or are your words ones that create health, that create growth, that create restoration, that create peace? Matthew Henry, in speaking on this verse, he says, The tongue is death or life, poison or medicine as it is used. There are words that are cutting and killing that are like the piercing of a sword. There are words that are curing and healing. The tongue of the wise is health. Closing up those wounds which the backbiting tongue has given making all whole again. And then he says, Wisdom will find out proper remedies against the mischiefs that are made by detraction and evil speaking. A wise tongue is a caring tongue. Wise words are caring words. And your words can create wounds or they can heal wounds. Which one does your words do on a regular basis? Are you creating health or are you creating wounds? Uh, Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. You know, I'm learning this with my kids, especially now that um, I coach one of my kids in basketball too, is I'm so quick to say, you know, oh, you did this, you did this, you did this. You should have done this, this, and this. Versus coming in and saying, hey, man, you did a great job in this area. You know, I wonder how often we do that with everybody else too. Hey, you need to do better at this. Hey, you need to get better at this. Hey, you need to be, uh, you need to improve here. How often do we give a good word? Hey, good job. 
you know, you can see it in a, in a person's face when you give them an encouraging word, especially when they're not expecting it. <laughs> Man, they just light up. And the Bible says that your words have that power. That a good word maketh a, 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 a heavy heart glad. So many people need a good word. Uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty three. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. The person who's speaking here, verse 23, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. You can create yourself a better day by the things that you say. You being positive, kind, loving, uh, uplifting to other people, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you happier. And it says there in due season how good it is. There, man, there's, there's no doubt about it. A word spoken in due season at the right time is so important. Proverbs 16, 24, the Bible says, Pleasant words are as in a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Doesn't that just sound uh, en enriching? Is that a word? Uh, full of enrichment. Honey, as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Uh, man, you, <laughs> the older I get, I understand the importance of healthy bones. Uh, sweet to the soul. Proverbs uh, 27, verse 9, says, Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. It's not just positive words, positive affirmation. It's helpful counsel. That's good words, too. Helpful counsel is, is, is a good thing. And it brings, again, that strength and that gladness and that joy uh, that, is, that is found. It's found through a friendship that is willing to give good counsel. It's caring. Right? We talk about if you love someone, you help them do what's right. That's what the Bible teaches. If I love someone, I'm not going to let them do what's wrong. I'm going to help them do what's right. And that good counsel brings sweetness. That's what a friend is supposed to be. A caring tongue, one that builds health uh, within someone else. So we see the controlled tongue, the caring tongue. Number three, the conniving tongue. This is not one that we want. This is one we want to avoid. A conniving tongue, wrong motives, gossip, slander, uh, a desire to twist the truth, someone who's not honest. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, we got lots of verses in Proverbs on this one. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6 and verse number 12, starting in verse 12. It says, A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh his eye, he speaketh with his feet, he teaches with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart, he deviseth mischief continually, he soweth discord. The word naughty here means worthless. A naughty person, a worthless person, a wicked man. He walks with frowardness in his mouth. He's deceitful. He winketh with his eye, but he does something different with his feet and his fingers. His heart is full of frowardness. He's devising mischief. And he soweth discord. We sang that in one of our scripture songs that God hates when you sow discord among the brethren. Proverbs 8, <clears throat> verse number 13, looking at the conniving tongue. 
It says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Remember, uh, wisdom produces the fear of the Lord. So a lack of the fear of the Lord is a lack of wisdom and that's going to produce forth evil, pride, arrogancy uh, and a froward mouth. And God says, I don't have any place for, uh, for anything like that. He says, I hate it. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit uh, before a fall. Verse 18 says, Pride goeth uh, before destruction. I'm sorry, I just read that. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, A gossiper. uh, I'm sorry, that's that's chapter 16. Verse 18. I knew I was reading something wrong. Uh, Chapter 18, verse 18. The lot causeth contention to cease. And parteth between uh, the mighty. We see that a, uh, uh, the importance of speaking things that aren't conniving. Verse 15 of chapter 18. The heart of the prudent uh, getteth knowledge. The ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. We see in the, uh, uh, the verse 6. A fool's lips enter into contention with his mouth. Uh, and his mouth calleth for strokes. There is a lot of things that go on in a conniving uh, tongue that hurt, uh, tear down, that cause problems, mischief along the way as well. Uh, there's a lot that goes into this, this world when it comes to gossip as well. Verse chapter 19, uh, verse number 5. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. We sometimes think that, well, I'm not going to, no one really realizes that I'm conniving. I'm really good at it, so no one notices. Yeah, God does. And usually people do too, but uh, but God does. And a conniving tongue, it's not going to escape lies and mischief and uh, causing problems for people. Uh, It's it's not going to work in your favor. Uh, Chapter 25, verse 18. A man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. And that causes all kinds of problems. Chapter 26 and verse number 20. Uh, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. Talebearer there means a gossiper. Uh, verse 21 there. Uh, As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down to the innermost part of the belly. A gossiper, uh, that's a conniving tongue, someone who gossips. You have to understand how God feels about these things. Churches are known for gossip. Sadly, (laughs) churches are known for gossip. Typically, stereotypically, I should say, uh, it's the older, older ladies in the church. They got to know everything. And they got to make sure everyone knows that they know everything. And so they sit there and they, they sit in their corner and they talk and they talk. And we had this in Tennessee. I love, I love these ladies. Uh, we had it in Tennessee in the church, the church that we were in. Uh, a group of older ladies, not, not all these gossipers. A group of older ladies, they had their spot in the church. 
They would actually talk until the song service was done, which was really annoying. Uh, but uh, they would be quiet when the preaching started, but they would just be talking the whole time. The time they came into the church, the time they left. Uh, we had this in Indiana in our church where, again, uh, sweet ladies, I love them to death, uh, but they, they sat in their little spot before church and they would just talk about everything that's been going on in the week. And sometimes there was no issue with it. Sometimes there was. Sometimes it was, it was gossip. To, to have Christians characterized with gossip is a, is a major problem. Because the Bible says where there's not a gossiper, the fire ceases. Right? Uh, uh, we looked at it earlier. A wise, a wise tongue is going, to, um, is going to keep from contention. But uh, a gossiper is a conniving tongue. They're, they're, they're talking about things that maybe they don't know everything about. Uh, well, I heard. Did you hear? Then they start spreading these rumors. Sometimes they're true, sometimes they're not. And then from that, the story grows. It's like a fisherman talking about this massive fish that he caught when he was all by himself. Nobody was with him to see it. This thing was massive. Right? It either got away or he caught it and it was a wonderful day, whatever it may be, but there's no proof of it. <laughs> and that's what gossip is. And it's just carrying on and, and it's building and it's, and it's feeding the fire a fire that is going to be harmful and that is going to be hurtful. And as it says there in chapter 26, verse 21, as coals are to burning coals, as wood is to fire, feeding it, so the words of a talebearer are as wounds. And they go down in the innermost part of the belly. Verse 23 says, Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. There is just this digging into uh, things that continue to hurt. A conniving tongue is one we must avoid. It's one we cannot be a part of. Lastly, this morning, I want us to see the last, last kind of tongue is a careless tongue. We looked at a controlled tongue and a carrying tongue. Then there's the conniving tongue. And then lastly is the careless tongue. This is a dangerous one. This is one that may hurt as worse. It includes lies, quick-tempered words, crude words, and most often, careless words uh, or tongue lead us to rebellion or destruction. Go back to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10 in verse number 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Whether you lie to one's face or tell it to their face, you're still a fool. Sometimes we think, well, if, I am, uh, if they don't hear it, then there's really nothing, nothing that's going to hurt them. Well, yeah. <laughs> but more importantly, it's going to hurt you. A lot of times we, we come across and God's eyes is foolish because of the things that we say. We cause destruction. We are in great need of forgiveness. Other people are in need of forgiveness. Sometimes we'll go up and tell them, I forgive you. But in our heart and behind their back, now we keep talking. This is true a lot in marriages. A spouse will say, you know, honey, I forgive you. 
And they don't go talk to their friends about what their wife has done. That's a careless tongue. We have to be aware and careful, right, with our tongue, the Bible teaches us. Proverbs 11, verse number 9. An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. A hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. We know what a hypocrite is, right? Saying one thing, doing something different. I'm intrigued by people (laughs) that say one thing to one person and another thing to another person and expect for no one to find out. I've learned this, uh, especially been reminded of this uh, in the workplace where people will come in for a job interview and they'll say one thing in a job interview and then after they get hired, they're a completely different person. They say what they think the boss wants them to hear. And once they get out in the workplace away from the boss, it's a whole different story. I've had this conversation with my boss. He said, how do you feel about this person? We always train new people and start sharing some things. And my boss goes, really? In the interview, (laughs) that never came up. Never saw that. Are you serious? And it's like, really? They were that different (laughs) in the interview than what they are? Sure enough. But you know, a Christian with a careless tongue is guilty of this as well. They'll say one thing to one person and something completely different to the next person because we just say what they, we think they want to hear versus truth. And it causes problems. Uh, Proverbs 15, verse number 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness... Therein is a breach in the spirit. It's talking about, again, that idea of healing and wounding. A wholesome tongue as a tree of life brings, brings forth healing. Perverseness therein is a breach of the spirit brings wounds. Words break hearts. I think we're old enough to understand that. And a lot of times words will fill a heart with guilt. Have you ever said something and immediately just began to feel guilty? Because you know, man, that just, that just wasn't right. Uh, I've had, especially this past year in coaching, I had to apologize to officials. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have acted like that. The reality is, is, <laughs> is we probably did the same thing with coworkers or family members or uh, church, church friends. We say something, and man, it brings guilt. Maybe we say something to try to bring guilt onto someone else. The Bible says that's, that's not the, our, our, part, our place. We're to speak truth with wholesome words, not harsh, critical, perverse words. Proverbs 20 and verse 19. He that goeth about as a talebearer, again, that's a gossiper, Revealeth secrets, therefore meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. God says, do you know someone who's a gossip? Get away from him. Had a lady in our church in Indiana. (laughs) She said, Pastor, I just want to let you know so-and-so is causing some problems. And they came to me and 
said, did you hear about what Pastor did? And she said, I told him to, <laughs> pardon my language, I told him to shut up and go away. She said, but you need to be aware of it. And I said, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I already knew he was doing this. Uh, um, he was a gossiper. Everybody knows a gossiper. <laughs> Hard to hide a gossiper. But that's what the Bible says to do to a gossiper. Get away from me. I don't want to hear that. I, what, do you, what do you, no, go away. I have friends who've, who've encouraged and, and taught, hey, if a gossiper comes to you, first thing you say is, hey, we should go talk to that person about that. Let's go. <laughs> Very quickly, shoop, shuts it down. Because they don't want to go talk to that person. They just want to share their, their thoughts and opinions or their lies or maybe even truth, but in a way that is not right. Because it's careless to gossip. Proverbs 25, uh, a similar, similar idea as, as Proverbs 20. Uh, Proverbs 25 and verse 23 the north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. It's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman uh, in a wide house. There's a whole lot of sermon in that one. Uh, cold water to a thirsty soul is so is good news from a far country. We need to drive away a backbiting tongue. We don't need to accept it. We need to look down on it. We need to be able to stand up and say, hey, that's wrong. I won't, I won't partake. A lot of times we, we accept it in as, well, I'm going to listen to what this person's saying, and then I'm going to try to solve the problems and make them see where, where what they're saying is not right and make them see why the person they're talking about doesn't mean it that way. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to solve all these issues. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says shut it down. A careless tongue is a gossiping tongue. And we have to do our part to help other people shut it down. They come to us with gossip. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. that's okay. I don't need to hear it. Yeah, but they said, no, 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 no. If there's an issue with that person, you go talk to that person. I don't want to be a part of this. I grew up in a Christian school, uh, so I, I called it the Christian bubble. Uh, I was in a Christian home, and a Christian ministry, and a good church, a Christian school, went to a Christian college, uh, and worked in the ministry ever since. And within this bubble, um, it's easy to look outside the bubble and think, well, I'm not that bad because everybody out there is doing far worse things than I'm doing. But it's funny because when you read the Bible, the Bible says the opposite. <laughs> It's not about what they're doing, it's about what you're doing. And a gossiper focuses on what other people are doing and not what they're doing. When we allow the gossiper to come to us and gossip to us, then we partake in it, now we become a talebearer. And it goes back to what we looked at several weeks ago with um, pulling out of our own eye the problem, taking care of ourselves, understanding where we stand with God, Versus being so concerned about what everybody else is doing wrong. And if we take a moment to step back and say, you know what? God doesn't want this kind of speech in my life. God doesn't want me to gossip. I 
again, I've spent my whole life in church, so I've seen varying forms of it. Uh, we need to pray for this person. <laughs> now listen, we need to pray for people. But I've seen prayer requests, heard prayer requests given in a gossiping manner. And you can shade it however you want to shade it. God, God views it the same. We have to be aware. I think everybody just feels like, man, I, got, I know it. I know it. I know the news. Before anybody else knew it, I got to tell somebody. So they know that I knew it first. That's not helpful. It's not godly. It's not what God desires for us. It's careless. And God says, I don't want any part of it. And you shouldn't want any part of it either. So we see four different kinds of tongues given to us here in Scripture and Proverbs. A controlled tongue. Think before you speak and know when to be quiet. A caring tongue. Speak truthfully while trying to encourage people. A conniving tongue. Wrong motives. Slander. Twisting the truth. And a careless tongue. A gossiper or quick words can come through that as well. Now go, let's conclude in James. Go back to James chapter 3 and tie it, tie it up together here in a nice little bow for us before we're dismissed. <clears throat> James 3. What does the Bible say about our tongue? Verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Some of the largest fires in history were created by a very small spark. Forest fires started by a chain dragging on the ground behind a truck, shooting out sparks, catching something, and next thing you know, California is in flames. Almost Leary's cow kicked over a a lantern. Now, there's, there's conflicting stories on this, so I guess I'm a gossiping. Chicago fire, boom, the city burned. The tongue is like a spark. It can cause great damage. The tongue is like that little piece on the boat that when the, when the captain turns, the boat shifts, even though the, the boat is gigantic. This little piece compared to the boat turns the entire ship. A massive animal controlled by a small piece in his mouth. The tongue is the same. Naturally, our tongue is full of iniquity. It says in verse 6, the tongue is a fire and a world of iniquity. But I think the most important words we can read in this passage is in chapter 8 or excuse me, verse 8, chapter 3, verse 8, when it says, but the tongue can no man tame. You don't have the power. You need God's help. There are lots of things in this passage where God says, we bless God and we curse men who are made in the likeness of God. You go, okay, well, you know, how do we view people? We don't view them the same way God views them, so therefore we treat them differently. We can go into that topic. That's a, that's a message in and of itself there as well. Verse 10, out of the same mouth uh, proceedeth blessing and cursing. 
some people were kind and were caring and were compassionate, and with other people were just mean, rude, and hateful. God said, it's not supposed to be that way. But ultimately, I think verse 8 is the truth that we need to grab out of this. We can't tame it. It's dangerous. We can't tame it. We need God's help. Sometimes we look at things in the Bible and we think, okay, what can I do to fix this? (laughs) The truth is, is you can't do anything except for trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understandings. But in all thy ways, acknowledge him and let him direct your paths. The reality is, is there's nothing that I can do without God. For with God, all things are possible. When we look at our words and the things that we say and we compare what the scripture says and try to figure out what kind of tongue words we have, You know, like those Facebook quizzes that find out all your information so the Chinese can have it. Um, We look at Scripture and we go, okay, how do I match up? What kind of cheese am I? Uh, What kind kind of words do I speak? Am I controlled? Am I caring? Or am I conniving? Or am I careless? The reality is, is if you want to have the right kinds of words, you cannot do anything to have the right kinds of words because no man can tame the tongue. You have to depend on God. As with everything in your life, if you want to do right, you need God's help. So there might be things that you need to cut out of your life. There might be things that you need to, uh, to eliminate to help. But the first thing we must do is go to God. We've got to ask for forgiveness if we're wrong. We need to ask for help so that we can do right. Because without God's help, it'll continue to be a fire that causes much destruction. So hopefully we've thought about, do we have a controlled tongue and a caring tongue versus a conniving tongue and a careless tongue? But ultimately, I simply ask you to consider this. Is God helping you with your, with your words or are you depending on yourself? Because you'll never have the right words if you don't have God helping Lord, help us. We know that um, words have hurt so many people. We've seen it in our own lives where we've been hurt by words. We've probably seen it in our own life where we've hurt other people with words. Lord, I pray that you would help us today to understand where we stand in your eyes with our speech. Lord, have we been using the right kinds of words? Have we controlled what we say? Have Have we been caring in the things that we've said or Lord have we fallen the other direction where we've done wrong we've hurt we've brought brought wounds upon people and ourselves Lord today we understand that you alone can help so Lord I pray this morning that we would seek forgiveness in the areas that we need it and Lord we'd seek your power because we all need that and Lord that you would help us uh through your grace and mercy to to fix our speech if it needs to be fixed. Uh, Lord, that we would do right by others, that we would speak right by others. And Lord, that our words would glorify you. So Lord, help us, I pray in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I have no music this morning, so I'll just simply ask uh, if we'll stand, please.
We'll open the invitation if the Lord spoke to you this morning and you need to speak to Him. Uh, I pray that you do so. You're welcome to come to the front and kneel if you'd like. We'll just take a few moments. Uh, if you'd like to stay in your seat, that's fine as well. Uh, but let's go to the Lord with the, the needs that we have this morning about the things He's spoken to us about. you've given to us your word which is truth and God I pray that we would claim your word as truth and that we would apply it to our lives and Lord I pray that we would see our need for your help or that we would see the issues in our lives that are wrong that need to be right uh, and Lord that we would understand the power that you have and the lack of power that we have Lord that our dependence would be where it needs to be so that our words can be what they're supposed to be. So, Lord, help us, strengthen us, empower us, forgive us. Lord, I pray in Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, we'll be back at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, if you can be here, we sure love to have you. Uh, and uh, then Wednesday night at 6.30 as well. Thank you for being here today. Uh, always good to see people. Uh, it's so good to see you today. Lord bless you. Let's be dismissed.